This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, you can add issues with federal property maintenance to the list of unforeseen consequences from the lockdown. Veterans Affairs is having its own issues with its real estate. And the Coast Guard is trying to hang on to the cyber personnel it already has. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Add water quality and mold to the challenges the General Services Administration will likely face in managing federal buildings in 2022. The GSA Inspector General says reduced occupancy in federal buildings means fewer workers are flushing toilets and using water foundations, and that could lead to potential water quality degradation, including the growth of mold and lead and copper contamination. This is already on top of the steadily rising estimated costs of deferred maintenance to buildings, which is approximately $2.5 billion. The IG highlighted these and other ongoing issues as part of its annual Management Challenges Report to Congress. The Department of Veterans Affairs needs more staff, leadership attention, and tools to track the performance of its facilities. That's the latest recommendation from the Government Accountability Office about VA's aging real property portfolio. VA owns 5,600 buildings and leases another 1,700 facilities. It estimates it needs at least $22 million to correct maintenance problems at its facilities. But GAO says VA does not have enough staff to manage its assets. That's delayed projects and made it difficult for VA to manage ongoing initiatives. GAO also says VA lacks measurable goals for how building conditions should improve over time. VA is looking to artificial intelligence to improve patient care. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. The VA is testing whether artificial intelligence can assist clinicians in reviewing medical images, help veterans find services online, and empower the agency to proactively reach out to patients about their mental health. Gail Altrovitz, director of the VA's National AI Institute, says AI allows patients and clinicians to better understand the wealth of data that's available to them. It can basically increase the capacity of clinicians and patients to identify health conditions. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. The Defense Department recently completed a classified review that will judge where future resources will be allotted. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni has more on that. The Pentagon's global posture review is kept mostly under wraps in order to keep rivals guessing. However, the Defense Department did release a few details, mostly that will be putting more resources in the Indo-Pacific region. That's because the United States sees China as its main pacing threat. Those resources include greater regional access, more infrastructure in Australia and the Pacific Islands, and planning more rotational aircraft deployments in the area. The review comes at a key inflection point as the military ends most of its large operations in the Middle East. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. Former Defense Secretary Mark Esper is suing the Pentagon, claiming officials are interfering with the publication of his upcoming memoir. The lawsuit, filed on Sunday, says Esper has been negotiating with DOD's Office of Pre-Publication and Security Review for nearly six months over the details the Pentagon wants redacted from the book. Esper claims the manuscript never contained classified information in the first place and that the redactions are a violation of his First Amendment rights. The lawsuit also insinuates defense officials have selectively leaked portions of the unpublished manuscript to media outlets. 
The Coast Guard takes steps to hang on to its cybersecurity practitioners. More now from Federal News Network's Tom Temin. Under authority from its parent agency, the Homeland Security Department, the Coast Guard refreshes retention incentives. They apply to employees with unique or unusually high qualifications. Incentives can apply to individuals and groups at the discretion of supervisors. Depending on recipients' cybersecurity certifications, retention incentives will range from 10% to 15% of basic pay. They're not automatic. Supervisors need to submit evidence that people are about to leave. Tom Temin, Federal News Network. The Office of Naval Research is hoping to reimagine how it approaches national security by teaming up with Stanford University. The office is creating a partnership with the Gordian Knott Center for National Security Innovation, which is dedicated to solving issues at the intersection of commercial technologies like artificial intelligence and instruments of national power. The Gordian Knott Center's work continues a more than seven-decade partnership between ONR and Stanford. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says Oklahoma will not get a pass on the military's COVID vaccination mandate. The state's governor had asked the Pentagon to exempt its National Guard from the vaccine requirement, and Oklahoma's top guard official issued his own policy, saying his troops would not be penalized for refusing shots. In a letter to Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, though, Austin says all military members must follow the vaccine requirement, and failing to do so could jeopardize their status in the National Guard. The toughest punishments for unvaccinated federal employees will wait until after the holidays. Here's Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. The Biden administration is urging agencies to hold off on suspending or firing unvaccinated federal employees until January. Agencies should instead continue education and counseling initiatives. The administration says agencies might consider giving employees who continue to refuse vaccination a written reprimand for the time being. 92% of federal employees are at least partially vaccinated. Nicola Grisco, Federal News Network. The Department of Energy wants public input on how it can build resilient supply chains for the U.S. energy sector. In a new request for information, DOE lays out a wide-ranging vision for securing energy supply chains. The department is asking for information on risks to specific subsectors like solar, wind energy, hydropower, and nuclear energy. And it's also investigating cross-cutting risks like cybersecurity and international competition. DOE is putting together a report due in late February as part of the Biden administration's broader supply chain initiative. Customs and Border Protection is looking ahead toward a big IT procurement in 2022. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday reports. Sometime next year, CBP says it will issue a formal request for proposals to bid on its cloud migration contract. In a notice to industry, the agency said it was continuing to refine its requirements for the Enterprise Cloud and Integrated Services acquisition. The agency has received plenty of feedback and interest in the big procurement since it first signaled that it was going to migrate to the cloud in 2020. But it plans to do some additional market research through two new requests for information that have been released through the General Services Administration's eBuy system. Justin Doubleday. Federal News Network. NITAC's perfect record of winning protests against its CIO SP4 acquisition finally ends. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has the details. After winning 22 straight protests, NITAC finally lost before the Government Accountability Office. GAO partially sustained Computer World Services Corporation's complaint that NITAC didn't treat bidders equally under the CIO SP4 solicitation. CWS argued that NITEC's decision to limit the number of past performance examples to only two for large firms who are part of a joint venture was unreasonable and led to unequal treatment. GAO, however, did deny two other complaints CWS filed as part of its protest. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. 
And the Postal Service's annual holiday gift drive is now accepting donations for the season. USPS, through its Operation Santa program, posts letters addressed to Santa Claus online, but redacts sensitive information like last names or addresses. Individuals who go through the short ID verification can select a letter and send a gift package through USPS. Individuals now have until December 22nd to go onto the site and select a letter they'd like to fulfill. Packages can be shipped until January 14th. The Postal Service has run the program for longer than a century. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White. Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply.